Good morning, welcome back to Aliyah Yomi. Today we're going to be learning Achremois Revi, the fourth Aliyah in Parashas Achremois. Our Aliyah is only seven Psukim, and it is on the topic of called the Convergence of Sacrifices. We're learning Perik Yuzayin, Pasuk Aleph to Zion. Basic summary of our Aliyah is as follows. Hashem now tells Moshe the next law. This is after all of Yom Kippur. He is told to tell Aaron and his children and all of Israel the following law. Anybody who will slaughter an animal outside of the camp and does not bring it to the tent of meeting, to the oil moed, in that case, it is as if they spilled blood. And that person will be excommunicated from their nation. Rather, the way that it works is that everybody needs to bring their korbanos, their sacrifices, to the oil moid, to the tent of meeting, and they will need to sprinkle their blood in the tent of meeting. Um, and at that point in time, that's where they do all the necessary sacrifices. And they should no longer bring their sacrifices to the se'irim, literally the goats. As a, this is a statute forever. Very strange, Aliyah. Try to understand a few points. Number one is, what is this actually talking about? What is the prohibition describing described here? The Ramban, the Bukhar Shor, explain that we're going to have to read these two sections. The section here in Aliyah 4, the first seven psukim of the 17th parak, and the next Aliyah, the first few psukim of the fifth Aliyah, as two separate sections. The first is what the section that Aliyah is talking about is what is called the idea of shechting chulin outside of the mishkan for eating. That means to say that a person wanted to have a steak, a person wanted to have a hamburger, they wanted to have a rib, they would only be able to eat the meat that was used for sacrifices. There was no way to have a slaughterhouse to eat meat just for fun, which is called basar taiva, meat which is for the sake of personal enjoyment. That's what the halacha was. Now you say, well, that's not what we do today. The truth is that was a one-generational mitzvah. It was during the time they were in the Midbar, when they got into Israel, then basar taiva, the meat which could be for their own personal pleasure, was permitted. The second section, which is next aliyah, is what's Shchute Chutz, where we're shechting a korban outside of the precinct to the Beis Amigdash. That is also illegitimate. Two linked, but not the same halacha ideas. Now, Rasulovetchik points out that this idea, which is an aliyah of, of shechting the, um, any, any meat that we wanted to eat would have to be of a korban, in a certain sense is a Baruch Hu demonstrating his control and the centralization of holiness in life. In a certain sense, we don't really have the right to the kingdom around us. We don't really have the right to be able to just take whatever it is that we want. It can be enjoyed through the process, through the notion of going through the convergent idea of sacrifice to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Now, this was the educational moment that was going to lead us through the rest of the desert. After we, learned, we went through this period, this period, when we entered the land of Israel, then we could start having hamburgers and steaks regularly. But this is the educational moment, which we still read about today, even though it was a one-generational mitzvah, to remind us where our ability to enjoy this world comes from. It comes from the source, the, the central location of Kedusha, which is the Mikdash. Now, the idea of calling this spilling blood, saying that a person who at the time was in the, the desert, who were to have shech their own animal for eating, this is as if they spilled blood, seems like a very heavy order. After all, in the end of the day, they, they killed an animal, not a human being. So why should we consider like they killed? The Tur, I mean, his commentary, the Tur Aruch on the Torah com- com- comments, 
Now, the reason why that we as human beings are allowed to eat animals is because the Torah, God itself, himself, gave us license to do so in Parshas Noah. After exiting the Teva, after a generation filled with bestiality in which people saw animals as the, the same level, the Torah set out a, a boundary in order to understand that we are different from the animals. At that point in time, he told us that we are, not, that we are, that we are allowed to eat the animals that are like given to us, Kieric Asaph, as the, as the foliage that we were able to eat before the flood. But Hashem is now setting into place certain rules. And in order to eat the, these animals, in order to be able to benefit from, from flesh of animals, this is the rule. If you step outside of this rule for this first generation, then you are no longer have the license to eat the animal. And it's as if you're killing something which was not, you do not have the license to kill. That's what's going on over here as well. The Chizkoni says, the reason why this is called Dam Yeshafach, that's as if they spilled blood, is because it is uncannily similar to Avodas Kochavim. It is similar to pagan worship, where in those, in those, in those uh, um, realms, people would sacrifice to all kinds of different deities the way they'd want to. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, I'm centralizing all worship, and if you're going to not, if you're going to have meat in the way that you want it, it's, it's going to be the next step towards pagan worship, which is how the Aliyah concludes as well. On to that topic, what does it mean to the Seirim? Hashem says, let's not, don't, don't sacrifice to the Seirim anymore. Very strange, especially seeing as we just come out of three Aliyahs in which the Seirim seems to be the function, the main function of the Avaras Yom Kippurim. So what really is going on over here? Now, as Naim Torah says, this follows immediately from Yom Kippur because we just learned how the Seirim, these goats, the sacrificial goats, would atone for the nation of Israel. So the Torah is coming out to say, don't try to do this at home without careful adult supervision, meaning to say, don't do it. You're not allowed to utilize these types of avodah in your own way. It doesn't work. Therefore, don't think you can replicate the service at any other point for your own personal usage. Ibn Ezra is saying that the, that the word se'irim is actually referring to shadim, a type of semi-metaphysical, semi-physical form, which is a, a disembodied spirit of sorts that, um, that floats around in this world, a destructive force. So the question becomes is, why are they called goats if they really are referring to demonic figures or, or forces in this world? Hayy McDowell explains that they are like goats in the sense that they bounce around, they run around, they're not at rest. They're spirits that are not at rest, which is why they're like uh, goats. Another explanation just is that even today, is we know that, the, that in pagan worship, the goat's face is still a sign of pagan worship. It's the, the five-pointed star is the... Is the head of a goat. So it, 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 this is something still which is still relevant and people still um, get confused about today. The Bukhar Shor explains that the reason why this is this, this mitzvah here, not sacrificing the Sirim, is to remind us that all sacrifices are only effective because Hashem, need, because Hashem wants them, not because He needs to eat our food, He needs our meat. It's about the, immediate, the emotions and the obedience that He wants from us, and therefore don't make the mistake of saying that you can bring sacrifices um, because you're going to pay off God, like much of the other polytheistic religions thought about. And that's what's going on over here. On a deeper level, the Kleyakot quotes the Ramban, who says that when the nation of Israel sent out that Seir, that goat to Azazel, to the, to the desert, part of what was really going on over there was that there are certain powers in the world. There are certain powers of negativity, which actually um, um, find their coalition around places of void, places where there's not civilization, there's not positivity in the desert. And there is a certain amount of, in a certain sense, the Torah was was telling us that there was a way at the time that the that there was such spiritual power in society that yes, there would be sacrifice in the Basimidash, 
and there would be the, almost this, this nod towards these powers that existed in the desert by sending the seer out there. But the Torah would be very, very careful to say afterwards, there's a isor of shchute chutz or shechting outside, because if you do, you actually give more power to this power, this spiritual force in the desert, which related to the power of Ma'adim, which is sometimes understood as Mars, the, the, the idea of blood. Um, and it, is, it re- is, is a real force, or was a real force, certainly at the time, but it should not be misappropriated, it should not be misused. So the Kleyaka quotes Ramban on this, a very complicated and Kabbalistic idea not to be misunderstood out of context. With this we conclude the fourth aliyah of Akhre. In the meantime, have a wonderful and meaningful day.